Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Kernels of Truth brought to you by Progress Kentucky. Uh, this week, we're excited to bring you the Kentucky political news you need. We're covering Socialist Brand. We've got Dank Brandon and over in the campaign corner, Dustin Burley uh, from the 53rd District, candidate from the 53rd District, and Representative Derek Graham, Frankfurt's own Representative Derek Graham from the 57th District uh, running for re-election. Uh, they're going to they then close out with an important call to action. Uh, and we also, uh, I don't know how I skipped over this, we've got Doug Price is Right, uh, fa uh, fan favorite segment, Doug Price is Right, doing a deep dive on one of the important uh, judicial races. So uh, all of that critical content for you in just about an hour. But first, are you ready to help turn Kentucky purple? Uh, in just four weeks, 27 days from now, voters across Kentucky are going to pick between Rand Paul and Charles Booker, you know, a roadblock to progress and an agent of hope and change. We're going to pick whether or not nine-year-old rape victims have to have uh, their rapists' kids. Uh, we're going to decide what type of state house will be in Frankfurt to work with or against Governor Andy Bashir. Uh, these are big decisions, and we need your voice and your vote. If you want a Commonwealth that works for all of us, join Progress Kentucky. Make a donation to our efforts to turn our Commonwealth purple. Uh, in these uh, next critical 27 days, we'd like to go bigger on social me media. We'd like to launch a. We did actually launch a texting campaign to engage voters. Uh, we want to make sure folks have the information they need to make it to the polls and to help protect our democracy. Uh, and you can help. Head to our ActBlue account. Kick in a little bit of cheddar, five, 10 bucks, 50 bucks. Every $100 donation will get you a pro, uh, Progress Kentucky hat or a Patriotic Millionaire's book. That's your call. Every $100 donation will just reply to you and say, hey, awesome. Thanks for the donation. Would you like a book or the hat? Which, which do you want? And we'll send it out to you. Uh, so yeah, do it. Come on, help out. Let's build that base here in Kentucky. Let's turn our Commonwealth purple. Uh, all right, so now let's go ahead and check in with our co-hosts. Let us know who you are, where you are, what does your protest sign say today? Because again, we are not just some like, you know, talking heads on the interweb news show. We are a digital demonstration uh, for a more progressive Kentucky. So we got to bring a, a sign to the protest, right? Uh, so I'm Aaron. I'm coming to you from Lexington, uh, a little suburb called um, Childsburg. Uh, and my sign, uh, if I was holding it, it would say, if voting didn't matter, they wouldn't be trying so hard to keep you from doing it. So vote, people. Vote. Uh, all right. Uh, next, checking in with Kimberly. Kimberly, are you there? Yes, I am, Aaron. How is everybody doing this evening? So good. It's a really exciting time right now. It's We're going to have some new people and we're going to be taking over some stuff. I just feel it in my bones. But I'm right here in Louisville, Kentucky. And you don't see me right now because I'm not in my home as I normally am. Been chopping it up with Colonel Pam today, uh, state rep of District 43. But my protest sign says today, just do the right thing. Nice. The right thing. We're going to leave that to you to determine what that is. Uh, but do it. Uh, all right. Hey, Doug, I see you there. I know you're there. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Um I'm Doug Price coming to you from uh, Cynthia Harrison County, the home of the best chamber in uh, 
in Kentucky. And I always have something printed up. My sign, I'm really fixated these days on vote no on the constitutional amendments one and two. Very important. Vote no, people. Vote no. Uh, all right. Sounds like some uh, good suggestions there. Uh, the best chamber in Kentucky. What makes Harrison County the best chamber in Kentucky? Is it because you're just shamelessly trying to get appointed to the chamber? What's going on there, Doug? No, I'm not shamelessly trying to get appointed to the chamber. We just have a really good chamber. We have a chamber that works with the uh, community right very well. And uh, we've got a lot of things going on in Cynthia and Harrison County. All right. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to make it out there for uh, a sandwich and a beer. Uh, so maybe after the election. Uh, all right. So let's get to the news of the week. We have some important stories to cover. Uh, stories that should, uh, I don't know, fire you up, inspire you a bit, give you a sense that change can happen if we put the right people in charge. Uh, all right. So this is kind of my favorite story recently. Joe Biden has apparently he's apparently he's just done with Republicans, right? The kind of shameless hypocrisy of Republicans has got his goat these days uh, at a campaign event. He absolutely laid into the MAGA Republicans who voted against the Infrastructure Act, the bipartisan infrastructure law, which just in case you have lost track, because it's been a minute, every Republican in Kentucky, except for Mitch McConnell, voted against the bipartisan infrastructure law, and they all called it horrible things like socialism. Uh, and they all have then, not all of them, but many of them have now come to the White House hat in hand to say, hey, we really want this project funded or this project funded out of the big pot uh, from the bipartisan infrastructure law. Uh, and you know they're going to show up the ribbon cuttings. You know they're going to take credit for the federal investment in their district or in their state if they get it. And... You know, we just got to get be the bigger folks. No, we don't have to be big. We 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 need to call them out. We need, need to do exactly like Joe Biden did. And the best thing is, like, he name checked a couple of Republican or Kentucky Republicans right out of the gates when he was uh, calling them out. So I love this, uh, and I think we're gonna play uh, a bit of it right now. Can we do that, Nate? There's a report. You guys can, as they say, as my grandkids say, Google it. But a report that came out to CNN and says Republicans call Biden infrastructure program socialism. And then they ask for the money. And it goes through all of Republicans, who, the most conservative Republicans, who call it socialism and how they're asking for it. A guy named Paul Gosser, he's written three separate letters to the administration asking for projects in his district. He says it enhanced the quality of life, that ease congestion, boosts the economy. Voted against it says it's all socialism. Go down the list. Kentucky Representative Andy Barr, the biggest socialist agenda. Three different projects he wants, citing the importance of safety and growth of his district. Rand Paul, I go down the list, look it up. Socialism. Socialism. Socialist Rand Paul. Uh, I love it. Uh, you know, not really on brand for Rand Paul, but, you know, very, very accurate. These guys are just total unabashed hypocrites. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to do the work. They're not going to vote for the bill, but they're going to take the credit. They're going to 
you know, take the accolades. They're going to do everything they can to take the money, even though they voted against it. Uh, what do you folks think? Uh, you know, are you surprised? Is anyone surprised by this behavior? Uh, no, I'm not surprised by this behavior. It's uh, they enjoy voting no. And uh, because of socialism or whatever, but they certainly do like to hand out those checks that uh, when they're talking to their constituents. I, one thing about Rand, he ran on term limits. I think he ought to term limit himself right now. He signed a pledge to only do two uh, two terms, and he's now running for his third, I believe. So, uh, yeah, I, we sh- no one should be surprised or shocked because they are just shameless hypocrites and they don't actually believe in anything except for their own power. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll say this, Kimberly, what do you think? Were you surprised at all? Every week I say the same thing. I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked. And, you know, they're always calling everything, you know, that we have such a socialist agenda, but you know what? A lot of those Bible toting evangelists, uh, so to speak, evangelicals, excuse me, they're not evangelizing any damn thing. And I bet you if they're 65 and older, they're getting social security. Okay. I bet they get Medicare parts A and B. These things are traditionally known as socialism. Okay. So we already have a tad bit of it. And those that are of the age and have paid into it, they get they reap the benefits. So they need to just shut up and sit down somewhere. I'm about tired of them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it's just capitalism when the tax cuts and the dollars go to the top, but it's socialism when the resources go to the people who actually need it, right? So, uh I guess I will say this. The one thing that surprised me about all of this is actually Joe Biden calling them out. <laughs> That's what I really love to see uh that he is just done with it and does not give an f uh, and it's like you know now look i'm gonna call you guys out for what you're doing uh awesome all right so i think the next story we have is uh the divine miss kim uh what have you got for us big news on you know one of your more important issues yes you know i continue the struggle is still going on for legalized marijuana mary jane cannabis you know, I got all kinds of names for it, you know, but I think we know what I'm talking about. Our wonderful president said, look, on the federal level, all those that have these charges of trafficking marijuana, possession of marijuana, we're letting them out. However, people don't understand that even though the president could do that on a federal level, He necessarily can't do that on the state level. So right now, you know, President Biden has asked all governors to pardon those that are incarcerated with the marijuana possessions. So will our great governor follow suit? I I, kind of think so. A lot of people were very surprised about this, uh, that he was pardoning all the people with federal convictions for simple possession of marijuana. So this move has the potential to help more than 6,500 people. Currently, right now, as we are speaking, 
incarcerated for marijuana possession at the federal level. And, you know, as I said before, the governor is calling upon all, excuse me, the president is calling upon all governors to do the same in their states. Um, too many people, you know, have dealt with the fallout. Uh, I'm a firm believer that marijuana at this point in time in life, it needs to be federally uh, regulated by the FDA. Uh, because now at the street level, they're putting fentanyl in it. They're putting embalming fluid in it. They're putting all kinds of things in it and they're growing it in hot houses um, that you grow plants in. So, you know, you can't trust it at the, at the street level. But this is something that if our governor, Andy Bashir, if he's really, really going to take action and he's really, really serious about this, then I think he's going to follow suit. You know, I can't see him having this particular council together that he didn't put me on. I just want to put that out there, Andy. Um, I can't see him not doing this. You know, what do you guys think? Yeah, I'd like to see the numbers. I don't really know how many folks uh, are currently in, you know, in state, uh, you know, confinements uh, because of simple possession. Uh, that 6,000 number is, you know, people who've been charged with it, but it's not the only charge. So I wonder, like, obviously, like nonviolent marijuana possession should absolutely you know i i hope andy does the right thing he's obviously shown a lot of interest uh in you know medical marijuana and you know what he can do on that i think this kind of goes right along with it obviously hopefully we'll see you know some actual some changes i think you know the, politicians are all a, a very cautious lot so anyone who he lets out because of a marijuana possession that then goes on and does something else, you know, he's going to get blasted with it. He doesn't have that long till his reelection. So I don't know. I think I would be surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised uh, if he took action between now and next November. Um, but that's just my like conservative take on it. Doug, what do you think? I think I think that they will. I think that he will do this. Um, sorry, Doug, uh, Dougie Fresh, but uh, I personally feel that he will do this. So you run the risk of somebody leaving prison doing something else again. Well, he could have felt that way when he signed the bill for a lot of these um, former inmates, as they are now, to be able to uh, be to vote okay so you know it's just a look it's just like playing craps you know you're shooting craps you know are you at the blackjack table it's all a gamble but this is a gamble that can help him truly help him with our young voters because right now i was talking to a girl 30 years old and she said miss kim we're tired we don't care anymore why don't you care well, we saw our moms and saw our granddads and grandmothers voting all the time. We still don't see big major change. We saw our moms and dads voting. We still don't see that major change. So this could be the catalyst for him over that little hump 
for his governorship for 2023? I think Andy will do what Andy does best. He will analyze the situation and he will put forward something that's very well thought through and he'll make the right decision and the people of the Commonwealth will be better for whatever decision he comes up with. That does sound like his MO, uh, generally, generally speaking, uh, for sure. All right. Uh, good story. Thank you for sharing it. We will, here's what I'll say between now and November 8th, I'm not going to you know, do any campaigning, uh, on issues. I'm just going to campaign on, on candidates. Uh, but if we don't hear anything hopeful from, uh, from the Bashir administration, uh, you know, in that interim uh, or you know, slightly thereafter, we will launch an online petition to urge him to do the right thing, uh, show him the support that exists for that type of action and positively encourage him uh, to lead in that space for sure. That's my promise to you uh, because I think this is really important. It's an issue that, you know, racism is a, is front and center in marijuana possession. Very clear. Uh, you know, if you look at the ACLU studies very clearly, you know, uh, black folks in Kentucky pay a much higher price, get busted at much higher rates uh, than than white folks for for marijuana use. And that's, you know, that's untenable. We need to fix it. Uh, and I think it's absolutely something that, you know, we'll do what we can, you know, our, keep an eye open for an action network uh, alert uh, in your inbox after the election. Uh, that's my pledge. All right. Uh, we're going to move on. I think fan favorite. Uh, because it comes with its own theme song. We're going to move to, uh, we're wrapping up news of the week, going into Doug Price is Right. Uh, as who I mentioned, done a deep dive on some judicial races. races uh, and I think we've got a couple segments, but this is the first one, uh, and I can't wait for him to fill, uh, fill you in on it. <music> Yes, it's time again for a DPIR, Doug Price is Right, research documented with a little bit of opinion and some conjecture. Let's talk about the Kentucky Supreme Court race between incumbent Michelle Keller and Northern Kentucky Representative Joe Fisher. Next week, we'll talk about the Shepherd race in Frankfurt. Michelle Keller was initially appointed by then-Governor Steve Beshear to the Kentucky Supreme Court in 2013 to serve out the term of a retiring judge. She ran for election for an eight-year term in November 2014 and won with 58% of the vote. Her opponent, Fisher, has served in the House of Representatives since 1999. He is an attorney who worked for an insurance company for a number of years. Not sure what he did, but could not find any case law on the net where he had uh, been an attorney going to court and that kind of thing. Judge races are supposed to be nonpartisan, but apparently Fisher thinks these rules do not apply to him. A picture of one of his campaign signs states that he is the conservative Republican. One recent photo on the site shows a Fisher Supreme Court campaign sign with a choose life sign on top. Another one has an elephant, but according to Fisher, it's a generic elephant, not a Republican elephant. 
On his Facebook campaign page, Fisher says that as your Supreme Court justice, I will be committed to defending the rule of law, not radical activist politics. He includes photos of his appearance at a recent Celebration of Life event hosted by Northern Kentucky Right to Life. Blatantly violating rules is bound to have consequences, right? The six-member panel of the Judicial Conduct Commission will rule on this matter. The panel sent a letter to Fisher. The complaints allege that you have engaged in political campaign activity inconsistent with the independence, integrity, or impartiality of the judiciary. Fisher is concerned that his race is being targeted, rightfully so, for being overly partisan. So he filed a free speech lawsuit, basically stating that his free speech overrules rules that are set in place related to nonpartisan judicial races. The bottom line, this is straight out of the Trumplican playbook. Violate the law, complain that the law is unfair, Try to become the offended party, even though you are the one who is completely in the wrong. According to the lawsuit, Fisher has never, in the course of his campaign, made a promise or pledge to rule a particular way regarding any particular party, particular case, or a particular controversy. Perhaps actions speak louder than words is applicable. He is the author of the 2021 law creating the proposed constitutional amendment on abortion. Let me just stay in here, vote no on constitutional amendment two and one, and made his position clear when he testified about it last year before a legislative committee. We cannot afford to allow our state courts to invent a right to abortion and invalidate our state laws protecting unborn children. Certainly doesn't sound like an attorney slash justice who will be impartial and make decisions based on the law. Now let's talk money. Keller has easily outraised Fisher 164,000 to 43,000. 1,000 of the 43,000 came from the Republican Party of Oldham County. Senator Damon Thayer contributed $500, Representative Felicia Rayborn 200, and former Representative Will Schroeder, 150. Keller has received 14 max contributions at 2,000, notably from Eleanor Bingham, Steve, and Jane Bashir, and Fisher has had two max contributions. I must mention the largest contribution Fisher has received, $5,000 from the Oldham County Republican Women's Club. They held a fundraiser on September the 30th raised $8,000 and decided to give Fisher $5,000. Here are some of the contributors to the fundraiser. Andrew Cooperrider, Representative Ken Fleming, Mike Harmon, Representative J Jason Nemus, and House Speaker David Osborne. Oh, and Joe Fisher donated $50. $50 for a $5,000 return, pretty good return on your money. As a 20-year legislator, one would think that several of his federal fellow members would want to make a donation to his campaign, and perhaps the Republican Party of Kentucky would be involved too. Is this a message, or does the RPK know that others are going to help? How about some good old dark money? 
Fair Courts America plans to spend $1.64 million in the three Kentucky races, including the Keller-Fisher race. Surely the RPK wasn't aware of this, as this type of coordination is forbidden. Some will say this group is trying to buy justices, and in the case of Fisher, this group certainly knows how Fisher would rule on abortion matters. In my opinion, voters have a clear choice. Vote for someone who has the experience or vote for someone who believes the law, the rules don't apply to him. That's my report. Uh, thank you, Doug, for, for doing that deep dive there. Uh, clearly, you know, the conservative Republican, you know, that makes it a partisan race and they're supposed to be non Like, what is it? Where's the, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a judge, but, but I can figure that one out. That seems super clear that he is breaking the rules about partisan, uh, partisan campaigning as a judge. I will say this. I think it's, I think it's stupid that we elect judges. I don't think judges should be elected. I think they should be, you know, appointed. I think they should be folks who've proven themselves in the kind of legal profession. Uh, there should be, you know, commissions that look at lawyers uh, and, you know, rank them uh, as to their, you know, their ability to do the work. I don't think, I don't think, you know, voters should be deciding who uh, sits in these courts. Yeah. Because, you know, it just, it doesn't sit well to me. Also, what else? Like, I guess the other alternative is you can have these Senate confirmations, right? Where in the Supreme Court, they got up and they basically just lied about settled law and precedent about Roe v. Wade. And then the first chance they had, like, got rid of it, right? So, you know, lying to senators or lying to commissions or lying to voters. I don't I don't know what's better, but it does seem like it's, we're, we're at a, a troubling spot right now in terms of judicial, you know, independence uh, and, you know, the law being the law versus politics. Uh, politics seem to be seeping in or rushing in uh, in a way that I don't think is helpful for, uh, for our republic. I don't know. But thank you, Doug. Uh, Kimberly, what do you think about that story? Well, I have to beg to, you know, disagree with you somewhat. I I just get paranoid when I think about individuals uh, like Trumpers and, you know, our state right now is in the House majority Republicans and they can appoint whomever and then they'll stack it up, you know, with their people. And this can create problems down the road. And I think just having Fair elections, that's the key word right there, fair elections. Uh, normally, we don't have these type of problems because the people have spoken, right? But then there's always evilness lurking around the corner when there's something good uh, to be had. So I think we need to continue to vote our judges in. And then when there are openings, um, as there are sometimes, the governor can appoint a judge. We have uh, a young attorney here in Louisville, Tracy Davis. She has, you know, run on numerous of occasions and she has not won. But this year she's up against um, the incumbent judge, which is Mary Shaw. And Mary Shaw is the judge that signed the no-knock warrant for Breonna Taylor. 
So, you know, it gets kind of messy sometimes, but I'm pretty sure if Tracy does not win that election in November, I'm pretty sure that our governor will appoint her. But just having all of the judgeships appointed, I just think that we're going to run into problems down the road, just like when uh, President Clinton signed uh, the bill, the three strikes, you're out. Nobody could see beyond 20 years what that would mean for brown and black folks as far as the incarceration system and private um, incarceration systems. So I think we need to continue to um, vote these judges in. Yeah, I you know I, I appreciate your perspective on that. I just really think it's like it's like coroner. Why do we vote for coroner? I don't know who's very good at you know deciding how dead people got dead. Like that just seems weird to me that that is something that voters are deciding. And I think similarly, like I don't know, I mean, you know, I'm I pay as much attention as the next person, but I don't know like judicial temperament and you know expertise in the law i think there are folks who are far more uh better equipped to to rank that and look at that and you know i think independent commissions would be the right way to go or bipartisan commissions where you know uh it's kind of a half and half thing but yeah i i, I just don't know that we we as voters should be selecting them but hey that's what we've got right now and i don't see any good government movements to, to make a change so it's just me espousing my opinion which hey that's why we've got a live stream Anyway, uh, all right. So I think we're going to move on uh, to do campaign corner. Unless Doug had any final thoughts that you wanted to, you know, pipe in with. Uh, you know, I, I just want to say this. I, I know in my county, the Republican Party, um, they believe that every elected position should be a Republican. And I think the Democratic Party probably agrees. Uh, that everything should be a Democrat, you know, like it's, that's what we, that's what parties well, are for. They're about themselves and, and their party. Well, that's true. That's true. But um, I don't know. Sometimes maybe we need to, to think about, well, I'll just leave it at that. I, I think that the judicial, the judiciary, they should remain nonpartisan. They should uh, see what the law is and rule based upon the law. And there's no doubt in my mind that uh, Mr. Representative Fisher is, uh, he can say that he will be impartial, but there is there is no way that that's going to happen. Oh, no, for sure. All right. So we're going to, I think, move into campaign corner. Uh, we're really excited right now to bring in a, a candidate uh, from the 53rd district, candidate from the 53rd district, Dustin Burley, uh, who uh, is, you know, is is working his tail off right now uh, to get your vote in the 53rd district, and uh, we've heard good things about his campaign, so we wanted to bring him on, to sh you know, so he could share his story with you, and we can pin him down on a few key issues uh, about you know what we think are important for the politics of Kentucky. Uh, Dustin, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what's your story? You know, what what led you to run uh, run for 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 state house? Um. Well, I work in public schools, um, and as we see, public schools are a hot mess. Um, I actually drive an hour to work, so I work in the West End of Louisville. Um, so it is a very interesting drive down sixty four. I can tell you every single morning, I get a lot of stuff done. Um. 
But I got into politics because I found out that you can get fired for being gay. Like I didn't, I thought that was something that we were protected, but we're not. Um, and so for years I did go into public ed cause I wanted to be a teacher, um, because of those barriers. Plus sadly the skin color still matters in certain places. Um, so I did childcare for years. Um, preschool is one of my loves, even though the babies are not my thing, but three-year-olds are, um, I'm a pro at it. But then when you start getting into seniors are barely able to afford to stay in their house. So they're moving back in with their relatives or, you know, we had a bridge out for over two years. And like I always say, when there is a super majority of any party, if you can't get that fixed, then you have a problem. It's time for you to go. Um, plus with 2 million miles of pipe underground, I always said, I don't want to drink water that looks like me. So I don't want the problem in some of these Eastern Kentucky counties. <clears throat> and plus we haven't had attorney generals who actually put these people into jail or county attorneys. So that's another thing. We don't have that oversight that people on both sides of the aisle want. Um, <laughs> I have been hammering the doors across my district in Anderson and Spencer County. Um, always joke, people are very interesting when you get to the doors. Um, and it's a very bipartisan thing. I have rarely hear no's. Um, but what I do hear is, how's it going? Yada, yada. And I'm like, I'm still good. I'm still breathing. Hopefully I lose some weight, which I don't see that happening because I eat everywhere I go because all these good <laughs> events. But, you know, I said it's sad in... 2022 how divisive and divisive everything is um and how we can't agree on a few simple issues and plus i've already had five guns pulled out on me hitting the doors um and people are like oh my gosh are you okay and i'm like you know i just be like hey how are you and the last <laughs> there was a guy with a big assault rifle and he was ready to fire away and they're like what'd you do i said hey i'm dustin i'm running for state representative he's like just staring at me. He's like, for what? Yeah, state representative. And they're like, he's like, oh, what do they do? I said, they make the laws for the state. Oh, okay. So what kind of laws? Okay. Well, if you really are upset about taxes being raised, do you know they're about to get rid of the bourbon barrel tax, which will cut 1.1 million out of our public schools and also cut a million out of local government. And I said, guess who pays for that? You do. And they're like, oh, for real? Or you have a county next door to us, Nelson County, who has a huge drug epidemic, but you're going to cut almost a half a million dollars out of their sheriff's department? That's the craziest thing that most people hear. So it's been fun. Um, I've almost finished another precinct, and I have been up some driveways that are very questionable. I've walked past rebel flags and Trump 2024 flags. And a lot of people are like, I'm surprised you come to my house. I said, why? Because we look different. Or one guy just looked at me all funny and he just kept on staring. I was like, you know, some people just don't have black friends. That's why they get freaked out at the door. So if we if we become friends, we'll have less of these problems, you know, and he just started cracking up. He's like, well, we don't get people out here. I said, well, a lot of people don't come out here, I bet. And the sad part is I am one of the few 
or the only one on either side of the aisle locking doors. So we have to bring back government back to the people and go talk to people. That's what we need to go do. Absolutely. I, I concur completely. I'm very sorry to hear about the five guns that have been pulled on you, especially the assault rifle. That seems a little uh, excessive. Uh, I also feel like I saw a picture that was shared where the cops were called on you uh, <laughs> while you were canvassing. Yes, that was for uh, Dr. Brittany Hernandez-Stevenson. Um, yep, who's been on the show. The co- being the co-chair of the Black Caucus of the Kentucky Young Democrats, me and Sharon Murphy has decided, oh, well, we're going to go knock on doors for black candidates because majority of our black candidates running for a state house are in rural America running. We have pretty much one in the urban area, but other than that, all of us are in rural America. And we knocked on doors for Bianca in Christian County, and it was fine. You know, we went through it. We got to Muhlenberg County. And it was her, Brittany's first time canvassing. I said, yeah, we got this. And then this woman was like, don't go through these people's fence. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry, girl. I know there's different rules, different places. And she's like, that's fine. And I said, where's this house number? And she's like, oh, that's mine. I said, oh, do you want this? She said, hell no, my roof is leaking and I'm just upset. And I said, okay, well, I'm sorry. You have a nice day. I hope your roof gets fixed. And she said, well, thank you. And we walked away. Well, we went around the corner, and I guess that woman seen five black people and two white girls and was like, get, get out of here. And then she called the police and said that we were soliciting. Um, and then I posted Knocking Wild Black. But it was hilarious. <laughs> and, you know, when you tell people that, they're like, they call police on you? And I was like, yeah, they called, uh, I think it was um, Barron County. There was a guy who was running, I guess, I think it was for state rep, and they pulled guns on him, called the police on him some years ago. So, I mean, I always say black candidates, we have, we're supposed to be doing stuff different on the campaign trail, but I've always believed that I'm just petty and also ratchet as just as I am, and I'm always true to myself. So I just be me, because at the end of the day, we have too many people on both sides who are there for the wrong reasons. And I take a pay cut because I work in education. So my little less than $25,000 salary gets a cut while I'm in session. So it's not that I'm doing it to get rich or for the wrong reasons, but it's sad that the middle school bookkeeper has to run for office because the rich real estate agent is not doing his job. And the generation behind me is going to suffer because of people like him and the super majority. Um, And I always remind people, cursive, I was one of those last few generations that learned cursive in school. But what is all our important documents written in? And what they do not teach in school anymore. I see. The the, the conspiracy. There it is. All right. So, Dustin, super glad to meet you. I want to throw it to my co-hosts to see if they have any questions for you. Um, You know, uh, things they'd like to raise uh, raise with Kimberly or Doug. I see, Doug, you're off mute. You got something you want to say? Um, Yeah, I just want to I just want to say how cool it is that um, you all are door knocking for each other. I think that's uh, I think that's amazing. I, I know. Well, I don't know anything about running a campaign. I know it's it's got to be difficult, but uh, going out and, and helping others, uh, I think that's uh, shows a lot of character. And I 
admire you all for, for doing that. Appreciate it. Also, we have since 2018, um, I guess I'll let the secret out, but candidates in the primary and also in the general that are Democrats, we have been contacting and talking to each other for years. Just the party's just not involved or the caucuses or leadership. So, you know, there's a lot of candidates who struggle with certain things and have questions, and we've been able to help each other. Um, sadly, we just haven't had the resources put into our races, because like I always say, Bashir won two precincts in my district in Anderson County out of the 14, and I knocked both of them. One's a right-leaning one, one's my precinct. As a precinct chair, I knocked it. And we can't flip these seats unless we have people who are willing to go do the work. So if we're not going to invest in those people, then what are we doing? That's a good point. You know, we've done such, you know, there was such a amount of work done uh, for reorganization, right, for the KDP. And I just wonder where all those precinct chairs went, right? <laughs> like, why are they not organizing their precinct? I'm glad to hear you are. I am, you know, other folks. I know Kit, uh, who you might not know. But they are, uh, you know, former uh, organizing chair for our organization. You know, they've spent a ton of time organizing their precinct. Like, but you know, I, I reached out to like the folks in my congressional or uh, state house district to say, hey, what what are folks doing for their precincts? How are they organizing? And it's just like crickets, right? So, you know, I get it. Everyone's busy. It's easy to run for a thing that you you know you get to make some decision or something like that. But you know, it, it push comes to shove. What it's all about is is getting people to vote, getting people to know who are the candidates, getting people to be connected to the party. And, I, you know, I, I, it's easy to vilify the KDP. Uh, I will also say I don't think they're sitting on a ton of money. I don't think they have a ton of resources. And there's a lot of districts out there that, that need need the help. I'm so glad to see the candidates working amongst themselves and supporting each other. Uh, that obviously should be facilitated by the KDP. That seems like a no brainer, but, uh, but yeah, in terms of, you know, who's got the money, like, well, nobody does. Right. So uh, important that folks get out there and, 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 and learn and, you know, do the work, but I'm so glad you're doing it, Dustin. I really hope it pays off. Uh, but, you know, I think it is because, Organizing pays off at some level in some way, uh, but yeah, let's let's look at November eighth. I, I very much hope you're joining the you know the circus in Frankfurt because uh, we need more uh, sensible folks up there for sure. Uh, but Kimberly, any th thoughts you want to uh, leave Dustin with? I thought you all were gonna forget me. Never. You know, <laughs> don't let me quote Malcolm X on here, okay? Um. You know what? I'm so, so honored today to uh, hear you, Mr. Burley, and especially what I honed in is you travel an hour because you care about the kids. That shows a lot about your character and how you will care for others as well. If you can care for them bad kids at Jefferson County Public School, I think you can make it. Right. You know how they say if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. I think if you can make it with those kids uh, within JCPS, I think you can make it anywhere. So that was very outstanding to me. And I also know that there are a lot of problems with the public school system here. 
Matter of fact, today, uh, another black man that was a principal of an uh, elementary school last month, it is reported by WDRB, Channel 41 News here in Louisville, that he was uh, taken from his position of principal, and now he works in the print shop at um, JCPS. And it's because they say that he has allegations of being very harsh with the students and just all kinds of things. But I know what goes on in these school systems. And, uh, you know, they took away getting paddled. Why didn't they care about us back in the 80s? You know, I was constantly at the assistant principal's office and they had those paddles with the holes in them, you know, because I was tardy. And you know, you can't say anything to these kids. It's almost like dealing with the Republicans. You can't say anything to them. You can't even make a phone call to their parents because their parents are ready to come beat you up. And that's why you are so strong to just kind of laugh it off of having five guns pointed at you while you are canvassing your area so that you can be a state rep is because they do the same damn thing within JCPS. Am I correct, Mr. Burrow? Um, well, the only reason why I drive a good hour is because we don't hire minorities around in my area. Um, I got fired twice for being gay from Franklin County Schools because they did not have a fairness ordinance, but that will not be their excuse. But the, the director of the after-school program said that parents had a problem. So, you know, I'm petty. I asked all my parents. Um, and they said, we don't have a problem. But so the principal didn't want to deal with her. So they got rid of me because they don't want to deal with her. And also Shelby County, that was my first full-time job. Um, the principal also fired me there because he only hired me for a quota. And then when he found out I was gay, he told staff not to speak to me and got rid of me. But I always say karma happens years later. And he got drug out of Western High School in Louisville, Kentucky on a stretcher. So... You know, and I always say my ki my kids are a hot mess. They call me Mr. Petty. Um, last year, the bookkeeper was in every classroom. I have covered classes. I have taught classes because that's what you do. It's you, you, you help out the struggle because that's the way it is. But I can say that my kids are not overdosing in fentanyl like they are in my district. I don't have a 13-year-old in my school that's had three abortions like I have had in my rural county. So those conservative family values that these people say that they have, and they just had an anti-LGBT rally at a church in my county, which is funny being a black gay candidate, um, that they were targeting, especially a, a former teacher targeting a trans kid and making fun of how she did not call her by her pronouns or he or she, because I have no idea, or they, but I think it's sick and appalling. And plus, being a black gay man, I'm always stereotyped around kids. I mean, because they always think you're going to do something or something off the wall. But like I always say, I my kids, <laughs> they're very interesting. Two of them today said, do you have any snacks in your office? I said, yeah, here. And I was like, y'all want a Pop-Tart? Yeah, sure. Because that's what you do. We don't, we shouldn't be treating kids different. And the parent problem I always say in JCPS is communication. We do not communicate effectively. And I always tell my teachers in childcare every morning, I seen who dropped off the kids or who picked them up. And I had to communicate. Y'all don't have that same experience. 
Also, we can't expect parents to control their kids when we when they can't make wages by one job. So they're working two and three. And so if we want these parents to be at home and also to do what they need to at home, let's give them a living wage so they can be at home. Let's make sure that they don't have to struggle. And because, you know, my mom was a single parent, so she wasn't at home. But I know we didn't act a hot mess because we had a village and that village is no longer around and we don't have those conversations. So that's why I always say the family of family values is definitely ain't there. And sometimes as Democrats, we have to talk about the issues in that way. And I guess just being in rural America, I can be ratchet and talk about it. Plus, I always say when you don't get that full support of money or these people are not backing you, you can be who you need to be. And I always tell people, one guy was like, I can't vote for Democrats. Oh, well, shit, don't vote for me then. But, you know, when you're drinking dirty water, I told you so. When you're <laughs> hungry and you need food, I told you so. When your electric bill is high, that's Daniel Cameron's fault, and I told you so. So he took my card, and my mom is running for magistrate, too, in my county. So he took her card, too, because I was in that precinct. And I always joke, we have more Black people running in Anderson County than we have Democrats, <laughs> which is very historical and <laughs> the way this county is. So um, it's been fun. I always say if people are bored, they can always make phone calls. They can always knock doors because nice. that yeah. is like we we need to get moving. Uh, and I feel like if I let you go, you will keep going, uh, which I love. Thank you so much for for doing what you what you're doing. Thank you for for campaigning for running for the seat. Um, a couple really important issues I want to pin you down on. Number one, are you pro teacher and pro public schools? Even though K A skipped this race, uh, ask me. I'm in the union in my district, and I'm a building rep, so of course. Hands All right. Down. Uh, number two, uh, are you uh, pro-choice? Where, how are you coming down on Amendment 2? Well, if no, of course, a gay man can't decide what a woman needs to do. Unless I get pregnant now, then I'm going to be rich, and I still will not <laughs> have an abortion. <laughs> and number three, uh, are you pro-Andy? I mean, I knocked doors for him in 20, what was that, 2015 and 2019. Um, so, you know, oh, plus I always say he's the only one there. So you got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much, Dustin. Appreciate uh, your engagement here. This is your map in case anyone was wondering, you know, what's the 53rd district? So Spencer and Anderson County, uh, you got some you got some terrain to cover. Uh, thanks for taking a break from the door knocking and the, you know, the gun pulling uh, to, to come and <laughs> chat with us. How can people help your campaign? What do they need to do? Well, you can always go to Dustin4KY.com um, and sign up to volunteer, do postcards, phone calls. Um, Cheryl Lynn and me made COVID phone calls in 2020, and it actually made me close my margins in Bullitt County before it got redistricted in those most conservative precincts. Um or, you know, you can always, my phone number's anywhere. You can always text me. I always say, I'll be like, who is this? And I'll reply back, I promise. But whatever you can do is always a help. And it's always, we can always flip seats when Republicans don't work. Let's do it. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Dustin. Have a great, uh, great uh, rest of your week. Good luck on the campaign trail. Uh, not so many days to go. Keep on plugging. You can do it. Appreciate it.
Awesome. All right. So we're hey, going to move on. Aaron, um, yes. Aaron, Kimberly. Yes. I Kimberly. hate to interrupt all the time. Do you? I don't know that you do. Well, you know what? It used to be ladies' choice and ladies' first. But you know, I mean, it's a new day in America, I see. But I, I did see a comment on here from Mr. John Lindsay. He said about what Mr. Uh, Burley was saying to us. He said, not a surprise in Clan Tucky. I really like that. I really, really like that. And then he said he was, sh he said, shaking my head at Kimberly Cecil Jones. So I just want to ask Mr. Lindsay if he would make in the comments. What was he shaking his head? Back? I think there was like a general kind of maybe you're in you're okay with corporal punishment. I think was the, was that what he was maybe responding to? Heck, I don't know. That's why I'm asking him. I think probably. How am I supposed to go? I'm not. Look, if I was psychic, we wouldn't even be asking for money. Okay, this yeah. organization would be all of that. Okay. Uh. Well. Good point. So we'll see I if John answers, but I do, we need to move on uh, because we're going to run late. And also uh, because we've got a, a really fantastic guest from the camp for the campaign corner waiting for us. So uh, we're going to move on to uh, representative Derek Graham. Uh, representative Derek Graham is of course in the leadership uh, in the Kentucky uh, Democrats in the house. Uh, he's been the representative for the 57th district Frankfurt uh, he is uh, a hard worker. I, uh, when I was organizing for Andy Bashir in the in the in Frankfort County, uh, he was he did amazing amounts of work. Uh, really, a critical uh, voice in in the state house, and we're very glad to have him with us the, the, uh, this this evening. So, uh, Representative Graham, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, Aaron, how you, how's it going? <laughs> you know. We're doing what I we can. Problem, I had a problem getting on my iPad, so I'm on my iPhone because I could not get it open there. So I'm sorry. Uh, it's fine. We see you. We hear okay. you. That's what we needed. So, uh, so yeah. How is how is this campaign going for you? I know that you've done this a few times. Uh, how does it feel uh, this time? Uh, this is my 19th campaign. <laughs> Actually, my uh, it's 20. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. It's I've gone a little bit too far. I've gone ten for the general assembly, and I've I've run four times, so that's fourteen. But it seems like twenty. <laughs> um, it's going. I have the same guy who ran against me um, two years ago. Of course, we were doing the COVID period, um, but I beat him something. Uh, I think like sixty-two to thirty-eight. So he's come back again. Uh, it's just a little bit different because now you can get out and you can knock on doors and talk to people. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been blessed because I have represented Franklin County. This is my 20th year. Um, and I'm right next door to Anderson County. Anderson County is a different place than Franklin County. You wouldn't believe that it's stuck between Fayette County and Franklin County. And just the way it is, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. But um, my district is about, um, it's about 88% Caucasian and about 10%, maybe a little bit, 11% uh, African-American. And then the rest is Hispanics. So it's a pretty diverse, uh, uh, community. Um, I was born and reared here in Franklin County. Uh, I taught school for 27 years in the, uh, city school system. 
my mom was a teacher here for about 25 uh, years, I believe, uh, 20. Well, no, she had 30 years. So she was 27 years here in Frankfurt. She taught two years in Richmond and one year in Louisville. Uh, and so, um, you know, my family's been connected uh, to this community for, I'd say, at least five generations. So that has helped me uh, in more ways than one. So I've been blessed to be in a, in a community that uh, allows us to um, articulate the message, but also looks at me just as a man, but not as a black man. So, um, you know, in terms of uh, I, I've, I've had uh, nine years on the city commission and um, I was mayor pro tem those nine years. So I've had a good political, uh, I've lost one race in a primary. So, uh, you know, you can't beat that uh, uh, having 14 races uh, or 15 races and you're 14 and one. So I've been blessed. That, that's a good record for sure. Uh, I think anyone would take that record. That's impressive. Uh, and then you, you're you in leadership in the state house. What's your assessment? Well, like, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, the, the legislature here, you know, and, and what that supermajority is doing, the roadblocks they're providing for Andy, you know, the, you know, the work they're doing to try to take away uh, either Andy's power or give away our tax dollars to corporations or to cut our expenditures uh, on actually people. Uh, you know, what's your take on, you know, that that supermajority and, you know, what do we need to be doing to fight them? Like, why is that? Why is this election on November 8th so important? Well, it'll probably take up on my whole time here, but the first thing we need is money. Money is the milk of all politics. Uh, we've done well, considering that we only have 25 members, but if we had more, we could really target more uh, districts. I think uh, the amendments are going to help us, particularly the Amendment 2 that's on the ballot. Um, I think what they're really doing, they're wanting a system in which uh, people who are basically wealthy are able, because what amendment number one says basically is that the General Assembly can have responsibilities to, to stay in session when, the, for example, if we are in session in that 30 uh, day uh, uh, year, which is the odd number of years, if this amendment was to pass, if we needed to stay longer, we could decide as a General Assembly to stay longer than the 30 days. And the same with the 60-day session in the even years up to December 31st. So that makes it a full-time legislature, which the whole purpose of the General Assembly when the Constitution was written, and we've got an old Constitution, but the whole purpose of that Constitution was to bring people from every different walk of life in terms of a farmer to a teacher to a doctor um, to a small business person that they could come and represent their communities and be a diverse in terms of occupations. So I've been telling people when I've had debates with my opponent and they ask the question about both of those amendments, uh, I'm a father of two daughters. Um, the second uh, amendment that's on the ballot, uh, I tell people that it's about women's health care. And that's what it comes down to, whether it's their mental, physical, uh, emotional, it's about their health care. Uh, but I also want my children to be able to make decisions for themselves and not let the government. 
And it's ironic that we have people who are imposing the most personal um, uh, regulations on, on half the population, more than half the population, but they are the party of least government is the best government. And you can't get more evasive than telling people how to care for themselves and their, and their well-being emotionally, physically, mentally. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just, I'm, we're getting a lot of feedback and we really do think a lot of people in Kentucky who thought what they wanted was this, but now they're realizing now with the Supreme Court having done uh, uh, what they did, taking a right away that's never been done before in the history of uh, this Commonwealth, but particularly this country. Uh, as a history teacher, I can just say this. Um, when the Civil War ended, uh, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments were put into the National Constitution. And so that was to end slavery, to give citizenship and voting rights, those three amendments. With those three amendments, yes, yeah, slavery was abolished, but there was still some of that uh, still taking place across the country, particularly in the South and the Southwest. Um, they didn't call it slavery at that time, but that's what was basically it was when people who stayed on those farms and worked for those former masters and their children who followed them. And then the voting rights and the citizenship rights um, they just didn't follow. Them. That's 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 what they did. They did the Southwest and the South uh, Southern states. Um, they just didn't follow the the amendments, but it was never taken away. They just didn't implement it. But what the Supreme Court did, you know, they took settled law and then said, no, it doesn't count anymore. And and when you start doing that, taking away rights then it's women now, who, who will it be next? LGBTQ or someone that looks like me? So once you start that, then you open the door for other measures to be taken if you don't like it. And, 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 and uh, they've already talked about uh, changing some of the things, such as the rights of LGBTQ communities. Um, and so you open that door and then you've got problems. You've got major sure. problems and now you're seeing with that, people now are opening their eyes as to whether or not they were pro-life or pro-choice or is there an in-between there. So we'll find out come November 8th how the people of Kentucky, I'll tell you what, it will be if we defeat those amendments, both of them, because both of them I think are dangerous, but if we defeat that second amendment uh, question, uh, we will be like Kansas because no one expects the South, uh, if Kentucky is considered the South, they don't, I, I remember I went to graduate school at the Ohio State University and I had to go the first day to uh, the fellowship meeting. And I, I, everybody was talking about where they were from, what region of the country they were from. I got up and said, I'm from Kentucky. I guess I'm from the South. And the Southerners said, no, you're not. And the people who were from the North said, well, he's certain, certainly not the North. So we damned if we do, we damned if we don't. But uh, it will it will it will say a lot for a state that's regarded as being in the southeast if a state like Kentucky does what Kansas did in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that it sends a message. You know, we've got some people who are running for the highest court in Kentucky 
who've helped to draft these these laws into place and just think what they'll do if they on the Supreme Court. Yeah. Yeah. We had a segment earlier on uh, on Fisher, Representative Fisher running uh, and I. Good, good point for sure. Uh, well, we've gone super long with this episode, I, but I want to say thank you very much, Representative Graham, for joining us. Thank you for the work you do, the leadership you provide in the in the state house. I very much hope that we send a lot of uh, great new uh, voices to join well, you got some great on the Democratic candidates. side. Of it. Yeah, we've ha- we've we had an really enormous list candidates. of candidates come through this show, and I've been impressed with every single one of them. Uh, and I have great hope for them to to join you in Frankfurt for sure. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And I appreciate you taking the time uh, to do what you're doing and spreading the message. We appreciate it. Well, good good luck on the campaign trail and, and get right. out and do those doors. All right. Thank you. Y'all have a blessed night. Excellent. All right. So we, we need to close out the show. Uh, and I know, Kimberly, I'm sure you have things you wanted to say to Representative Graham. Uh, and I'm sorry. Uh, but I, I will uh, give you the, the, the close if you want to do the call to action uh, or uh, I can take that. I could do the call to action. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron. I love you, my little brother. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've had some great people on tonight and I've learned a lot as well. Uh, But as far as the call to action is concerned, uh, we need you to join Election Central, where you can meet the 2022 Northern Kentucky Judicial Candidates, uh, the Northern Kentucky Forum, Northern Kentucky University's Chase College of Law, and the League of Women Voters of Northern Kentucky are sponsoring a forum to hear about the appellate court candidates for two open seats in Northern Kentucky, based judicial districts. One seat is on the Court of Appeals and the other is on the Supreme Court. Chase Professor Ken Katkin will moderate. So uh, that's going to be October the 18th from 6 to 7.30 and that's Eastern Time. Where can you see this great event? Virtually via Zoom or in person at the Digitorium in the College of Informatics. Griffin Hall on NKU's campus. And there will be a link below where you can register. So also there's a revolution happening. And what was his name? Gil, uh, I can't remember his last name. He said the revolution will not be televised. But this is a constellation of new indivisible local groups, and they have a couple of interesting events coming up. The first will be in Henry County on October the 16th through the Indivisible Grow Grant. They are sponsoring some local Kentucky bands to play at an event in Sulphur, Kentucky. Wow, I didn't know there was a Sulphur, Kentucky. See, you're never too old to learn some new things. Henry County is a rural county north of... Louisville and south of Northern Kentucky. This event is primarily for community building, which we believe, especially for the rural counties, is the basis of creating unity and connection before progress can actually be made. This event focuses on local vendors, music, artists, food, 
and etc. And will bring the people of Henry County together and create connections. I think that is so very, very important. You know, a lot of times we forget our motto here in the Commonwealth. It is united we stand and divided we fall. Also, the lead in Ledbetter, Kentucky on October the 23rd, the revolution is helping sponsor the local Kentucky bands at Drake Creek Golf Club as a fundraiser event for a playground in the affected flood areas of Eastern Kentucky. Tickets for their events are available online at revolutionaryevents.simpletix.com. Now, this is really great. Most important thing you could do for this month is list who we've interviewed. And I have like a great list and I'll go very, very fast, okay? But you could cheer for your candidate through the comments. Jimmy Osbrooks, Hank Linderman, Morgan McGarvey. Now that's my guy right there in Jimmy Osbrook. Matthew Lehman, uh, Connor Halleb, Randy Cravens, Grayson Vandergriff, Megan Brannon, Thomas Adams, Pamela Stevens, son. Yes, I was talking to Colonel Pam today. Layman Swan, Chuck Eddy, Susan Sintra, Elaine Wilson Reedy, Dr. Brittany Hernandez Stevenson, Martina Jackson, Pam Dossett, Bianca Crockram. And so, what we need you to do is pick a candidate. And is your state lawmaker in a tight reelection campaign? Or do you really want to get rid of your current state rep or senator? Pick a campaign and do all you can. We're in the closing month, you guys. Every hour that you can commit matters. You could also jump on to the No, no On Two campaign. Canvassing, calling, digital, organizing, anything that you can do is incredibly valuable right now in this 11th hour. So what are you doing, team? Okay, put it in the comments. Let us know. So next week, we're... We're back. Yes, we are. We've got Kelly Jones, who is a candidate from Kentucky House District 68, and possibly Chris Brown. No, not the woman beater, singer, entertainer Chris Brown, but the remarkable Chris Brown that's running for Kentucky House District 69. Let me go ahead on and do the disclaimer so we'll be all legalized tonight. Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State, organized as a 501c4, and is affiliated with the Indivisible Project and the Commonwealth Alliance Voter Engagement. You guys know them as CAVE. Progress Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement. Production this evening was by the one and only Nate Dog. That's Nate. Thank you to his wonderful, wonderful sidekick, his right hand, Kit, for loaning him to us this evening. You know, I always got to give a shout out to Nate, but I'm getting a little tired of doing this because we haven't done our song together yet. But, you know, I love you, Nate Dog. Thank you, Nate, for the theme song tonight. You guys, if you haven't gone there yet, make sure that you go to natosongs.com. That's N-A-T-O songs.com. And if you miss our weekly live stream, always remember you can go on Facebook and YouTube, Progress Kentucky, and you can just find Kernels of Truth, the most um, recent 
And you can even look at the archives as well. And, uh, you know, sometimes you're at work or you're doing some stuff and you can't really look at us. I get it. We get it. So you can listen to us on all major platforms of podcasting like Apple and Google and Spotify and so on and so forth. Some of the graphic content and the logo is provided by Couchfire Media. That's couchfiremedia.com for more information. And you know what? Tonight was an excellent uh, show. I just want to say, Aaron, you know, you're a really, really a great host. And you know, I make fun of you sometimes, but you're really, really great. But we did have some excellent uh, speakers tonight. Dustin Burley, make sure that you're looking in the comments for everything uh, his information, you know, send him a few dollars, tell him you can help. And he is running for Kentucky House District 53. And then also our incumbent in House District 57. And he's also the minority caucus chair, Representative Derek Graham. So you know what I'm going to say. Today is Wednesday. You have made it. Yes, you've made it through hump day. You only got a couple of more days left right? So just do something nice for somebody, okay? I know you can do it. It's going to make you feel better and the next person feel better as well. So same time, same bat channel next week. And guess what? We really care about our viewers and our listeners and we thank you so much. And we thank you that Dougie Price was back on tonight with Doug's Price is Right. So you know what? Have a great week and we'll see you next week.